Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Where to Go. I'm James Atkinson, brand manager at DKI Witness. And I'm Lucy Richards, senior editor at DKI Witness. And welcome to Where to Go, where every fortnight we find out more about the world's favourite travel destinations with the people who know those places best. And today we are heading slightly over over the sea, a uh, <laughs> little bit further south, and we are heading to San Sebastian and the Spanish Basque Country. Have you been, James? I have not been. Uh, I don't know how uh, or why. Like, um, yeah. it's always been one of those places on 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 my list to go to. I've wanted Same. to go to bit, not just um, San Sebastian, but Bilbao as well, and some surrounding regions, uh, the French Basque Country and Biarritz as well, because just not just the food it's like the landscape it's like it's one of the the sort of most beautiful bits of europe really and um, it's so lush isn't it it's such a green because often if you think of spain mm. you think of sort of southern spain where it's quite arid and red but obviously in the north of the basque country it's incredibly green and um i went just before uh, in february 2020 just before sort of covid really hit i went to the spanish pyrenees i went hiking Mm, the spanish mm. spanish pyrenees and and at the time, me and my friend, he lives in Barcelona, we were sort of saying we really should, he has been, I think, thousands of times, but we should really go to the Basque Country because I'd love it with all the delicious food and the hiking and the cider, James. I, I knew you were going to talk about birthday. the cider. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, you know, uh, when, when we were discussing just discussing this episode earlier, Lucy was all about the cider. All so about I think, the cider. <laughs> but I think there's, uh, you know, going beyond that, I think there's quite a few like different like kind of a drinking tipples. culture and yeah a few yeah. tipples i know this vermouth is very big there too yes um so hopefully we'll get on to some of that with our sort of special guest who's gonna join us to talk about all things uh basque country so who is it who have we got coming on we've got marty buckley so mm-hmm. marty originally from alabama but based in san sebastian is a cook and writer whose blog about basque food started back in 2007 and she's since written a book called basque country a culinary journey through a food lover's paradise. 
So today, Marty is joining us for a food-orientated take on the region. Which, uh, you know, we can't do it any other way So uh, <laughs> when we're talking about the Basque Country. So welcome, Marty. Hi. Hi, everybody. Hi, Marty. Welcome. Great for you to join us today. Thanks for having me. We're super excited to talk all things San Sebastian and the Basque Country. Yes, so we're going to start by talking to Marty about how she ended up in the Basque Country and then cover the best things to do in the area and also the region's lesser known spots. Um, And then we'll end the episode in our usual way to find out about how recent events have impacted the region. So, Marty, how did you end up moving from Alabama to San Sebastian? Well, I think it was really just a ton of luck altogether. Um, I, my first experience with Spain was studying abroad in Pamplona, which is about an hour away. Cool. And I just fell in love and I became obsessed with it. But of course, I went back to the United States to finish my degree and to start working mm-hmm. and to you know begin my normal life. But I was always just thinking about it. I want to go back. I want to go back. And I had begun to cook, um, to cook in a professional kitchen. And so I was like, okay, I want to go back to San Sebastian because yeah. it was like, you know, food. And so I, you know, I ran into a high school friend who had just lived in Spain for a year. She told me how she got there. And I kind of applied and enrolled in the same program that she did. And that's how I initially got back to San Sebastian. And the plan was to go just for a year. Mm-hmm. And then we stayed another year and then another year. <laughs> and now it's, it's been 11 years. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> did, you, yeah. did, you, did you kind of like also work in kitchens when you first moved to San Sebastian or did you? Well, when, when I first moved there, I was more doing, I did a little bit of English teaching, which was how I got my visa because for us Americans and maybe now for British people as well, Probably. it's a concern. <laughs> and, um, and so, and then I was doing marketing work and journalism work as well. But then I did end up my first like full-time real job was working in a bakery in San Sebastian. Oh, oh yeah. Excellent. Awesome. Yeah. And, um, and where do you live right now? Are you still in San Sebastian or are you kind of elsewhere in the region? No, I'm still in San Sebastian. I'm still in the same neighborhood that I first moved to, which is oh. Gross, which is like the young surfer kind of cool. hip neighborhood. And yeah, same same place. And cool. what? so what is it that you love so much about? This is a probably a very hard question, but what is it that kind of tempted you back to Spain and kept you there? Can you sort of pinpoint what you love about it? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was such an eye-opening experience for me coming from A, America, and B, Alabama. It was just like the way that people live their daily lives, you know, all the social interaction, the food just blew my mind, you know, from the pinchos and, mm-hmm. and the bars to the way that they would spend hours eating lunch and just the attention that they gave to food in their daily lives. And I think that's also particularly um, of the northern region of Spain, of the Basque people. And then, you know, just the landscapes and it just is the most beautiful place in the world. I'm a little biased, but <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, just I feel like all of our it. guests are. That's a, yeah. that's a, thing on, that's a theme on this podcast. Everyone lives in the best place in the world. But I mean, in the Basque Country, you really do have a, an amazing claim to, to it. There's, uh, the scenery is fantastic. Yeah. Um, and, and from a kind of food point as well, it, it really is like a kind of a hub, isn't it? You mentioned about pinchos, you mentioned about like kind of attention to detail. Is it true that I think San Sebastian has like, is it something like the most Michelin starred restaurants in the smallest like kind of place and 
yeah, a, a, I think a smallest it's amount the, of space or something. Yeah, the most Michelin stars per capita, I That's think, is it. what they say, always kind of vying against Tokyo. But yeah, I mean, it's it really is. It's awesome because it's like a mixture of high-low. It's pinchos, which you can have any day of the week at a very low price, or Michelin stars, tons of them to choose from. And then even just like countryside restaurants, uh, cider houses, there's like all mm. these amazing yes. dining and culinary things. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I love cider and I'm desperate to go to the Basque Country purely because I want to go to all those cider houses because it's an art there, isn't it, as well? It's like a real sort of artistry to it. It is so cool. I mean, it's just a totally unique experience that you go and you drink from the barrel of yeah. cider and it's very seasonal, so it only happens like three months out of the year and the, they have, you know, the same menu in every one and you go out to the countryside and they often have their apple trees like right outside oh, i mean lovely. it's just really cool yeah oh, so wonderful and marty so obviously um you've talked a little bit about food but like um you've written a book about it Basque country a culinary journey through a food lover's paradise how did that kind of come about how did the idea for that come around well, that was kind of part of my growing obsession with the area. So when I, in between my time of studying abroad and living there, um, I was just reading everything mm. I could get my hands on about Basque Country, which was really little. I mean, there was yeah. just a couple books. Um, none of them were very in-depth. They mm. And so I just realized, like, there's nothing about all this in English. Um, and so when I moved there, I was like gung-ho. I was like, okay, I, I want to do this. I want to do this. And then... I, you know, the first three months you live in a place, you're like, wow, I know all the good spots. And then I started getting to know Basque people and getting invited like out to their villages. And I started realizing like, I don't know anything. And this goes a lot deeper than what I've seen in San Sebastian. And so Mm, I was like, mm. okay, maybe to do this justice, I need to like wait a little while and get to know a little bit more everything. And so this whole time I was kind of like writing on my blog because that was another thing I was like, you know, I yearned to have like this kind of view into somebody's life living there when I was in the States and there was nobody like doing that. And so Mm -hmm. that was kind of like what I would write on my blog, just like daily life, places I'd eaten, everything to kind of be that person for (laughs) anybody else out there. And so then after like four years and finally having experienced more and more of Basque Country, I was like, okay, I'm ready to do this. And of course, like really nervous that somebody was going to come from New York and be there for three weeks and write the book, you know, because it was getting more more and more famous Sebastian. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Cool. so, so, but nobody did, <laughs> and I wrote, <laughs> and I wrote my my book proposal, and you know, at that time, by that time, I had like a much better idea of you know this book needs to include like all the traditional cooking pinchos. You know, there's about ten or eleven pincho recipes in the book, so it's not a big part of the book because there was so much more to cover. And so, um, so yeah, that book took me about three years to write. It wow. took forever, wow. and it's very exhaustive, but yeah. it's definitely a labor of love. <laughs> oh, congratulations! Yeah. And, and and like you said, I think there are very few books out there like mm-hmm. it, and 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 not that much, not nearly enough writing about the best country. I think it, you know, it's kind of gaining in terms of popularity, but also like looking beyond, you know, San Sebastian. It, hits the headlines from a foodie kind of point of view a lot of the time and, and obviously you've got Bill Bauer too but you know it's there's you know a lot of culture there and a, and a real really real like kind of food tradition too which I think you tap yeah. into which is really cool yeah it's true it's true and I think you know it's it's like a perfect storm there it's just um 
the the history of Basque Country, the way the people are, the landscape sort of like protects them in this big mountainous area. Mm-hmm. And so it's always just been so isolated. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, that's just now changing. And so, yeah, there's just not that much um, out there. And it's an incredibly, incredibly rich culture. So Marty, what are some highlights to make sure you plan when taking a visit to the Basque Country, particularly when it comes to food? <laughs> well, I, there are so many. I mean, I I just look, you know, every now and then lists will come out in different media about San Sebastian. Mm. And I just think about how many places there are that like nobody knows about and how many great places there are, um, mostly to eat, but like landscape and, and cultural things are really important too. Mm. So like what I kind of like to tell my friends to do when they come to visit is to kind of plan like one really special or big meal each day and then you know kind of explore the area around the restaurant and make you know a cultural thing in the morning have your big meal rest up and then do pinchos at night because there's so many great pinchos around San Sebastian and Bilbao and even Pamplona and Vitoria which Mm, is the capital mm. of Alava which is where La Rioja is so I really recommend like kind of just sticking because you know some people come and they try to do every Michelin star restaurant in three days and they don't have like that great of a time you know so um so that sounds like a very filling or very rich (laughs) time as well and expensive Um, intense yeah intense so i definitely recommend um also balancing time between the big cities and the countryside so san sebastian is on the tip of everybody's tongue of course and san sebastian is just like so great because it's this smallish um town about 180,000 people um it's got mountains on each side and then it's got like a couple miles of beach promenade with three different beaches that all have their own characteristics Mm -hmm. so if you're into surfing if you're into hiking you have like built-in nature activities and then there's you know this whole Belle Epoque feel because it's all built up around you know the early 1900s so there's lots of beautiful architecture kind of around the beach in the old town And then there's also just kind of different activities that you can do that are really fun from the typical thing, which are like museums to um, on the top of Mount Igeldo. I always send everyone up there because there's like a really retro amusement park. Cool. Okay. Um, It's really, really cool. It's got amazing views, of course, for like people who are there for the gram. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But then it's got, you know, some really old, like it's got an old roller coaster, which is not scary at all, except for the fact that you think you're going to die because it's... So old. <laughs> so it's like, really, and it's on top really, of a mountain as well. That yeah, sounds like. exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're like hanging, hanging over the edge of a mountain on this thing that was built a hundred years ago. So, um, <laughs> so there's yeah, there's so much to do that way, and um, kind of something for every taste. And I definitely also recommend that people. Um, take time to make like a couple day trips so like La Rioja La Vesa is the Basque part of La Rioja and it's gorgeous and it's just beautiful and it's so different than like the French Bordeaux vibes it's like much Mm. more kind of rustic and Mm. um, much more Spanish and there's some great 
over 100-year-old bodegas to visit in the best part of the Rioja. So it's really cool. And then I also like encourage people not to forget about the French Basque Country yeah. right across the border. Uh, France is 10 minutes away. It's super easy to get to if you have a car. And you can see Ibiritz, which is kind of the French version of San Sebastian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or you can go to smaller villages that have a super surfy vibe. And that whole coast is really well known for its surf. So it's got kind of like a French California uh, laid back kind yeah, of thing. And, yeah. a, oh, and, sure. and so, and, and even the interior, like the mountains and stuff. So there's a lot to do here. I recommend coming <laughs> for like a month. <laughs> I mean, and what about Bilbao as well? Like, obviously you've got like a kind of a fairly kind of modern city there. Uh, you know, one that's kind of like architecturally like pretty um, uh, unique as well and obviously still has that food culture like running straight through it too yeah yeah okay so so one thing take a whole day to drive if you're based out of san sebastian to drive or vice versa um to drive from san sebastian to bilbao on the the national highway which is not the interstate it's like the you know the more windy one Mm. because there are all of these beautiful um seaside villages they have you know like fishing canneries that you can go see if you're into food they have the surf again they have beautiful treks best country is really good about having hiking trails really well like laid out so you make your way if you have time to eat um there's some really good restaurants along the way and of course there's the one the world's best one of the world's best restaurants which is Asador Echevarri which I think was recently number three in the world and it's this really reclusive Basque chef who hates all of the recognition he gets. <laughs> and he like he lives for like his Mondays off where he can go walk around in the forest and forage stuff. He's like the most authentic person I've ever met. Um, and they cook everything over the grill. And so that's like the number one place to 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 stop and to eat. And so then, wow. okay, so now you're full, you've made it to Bilbao, <laughs> which it's <laughs> you roll into is, Bilbao. Yeah. Uh. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which is a great place to go. Like you said, it has the Guggenheim, of course, which mm-hmm. is cool to see both from the inside and the outside. But you also have like a really cool kind of burgeoning art scene. You have lots of street art um, that's mm. from various different famous Spanish artists. Um, and you do have the Bellas Artes Museum. So I think Bilbao is very much more like art and architecture focused. Mm. But you do also have some really great food there. I mean, you have great food um, from pinchos to nicer restaurants. So, yeah, I love um, love Bilbao. It's definitely got a more metropolitan air about it than San Sebastian, which is more laid back. I often tell people, like, you can just tell which capital you're in by, like, the way people walk, which yeah. sounds kind of crazy. Okay. okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> in San so they walk much more quickly in Bilbao as everyone yeah. in Bilbao with a bit of a mission. Yeah, Bilbao has more of that London, I guess, yeah. kind of quick-paced vibe. And San Sebastian, it's like people are so slow and they're walking and like they're not even paying attention to where they're walking. They're walking in like <laughs> zigzag because they're looking around at everything. And so, yeah, it's that. I think that pretty much sums up the two characteristics of the city. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so cool. I mean, yeah. like such a contrast there as well between the two. Um, yeah. yeah. Actually, Marty, it was interesting to hear you then talk about the French Basque country because I think people forget that you know it's Spain and, and France mm. are there sort of other lesser known spots in San Sebastian or in the Basque country generally that you'd sort of encourage people to to go to yeah yeah I mean I think one of for me like paradise on earth is about 30 minutes in inside from San Sebastian it's a 
comarca called the Goyeri region, and it holds um, several different villages. Um, you know, it's like the Basque legend has it that that's where, like, they began. Like, you know, they have this joke ah, that okay, you are okay. this legend that you might like that says um, an apple, the apple from the Garden of Eden, it like fell to the ground and fermented, and that's how cider happened. So like the Garden of Eden was like in, you know, in this area. You, you, um, you'll be yeah. saying that with your glass of cider tonight, Lisa. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll be impressing my boyfriend with this story as I swill my cider. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's just this beautiful rural, rural area, um, and I just love it. And so like, I don't know, I, I'm, for me, a perfect day is going out there and walking around and maybe eating at a cider house and on a mm-hmm. sunny summer day it's just like the most beautiful thing and you can really feel the culture there's you know typical Basque archite- architecture everywhere um, it's also great for cycling if you do that cool. but then yeah like nice. you mentioned the French Basque country people do forget about it and that whole coast is just gorgeous but then the most forgotten Basque province <laughs> is Sul or Suberdoa in Basque. And it's like the capital is Mauleon. And they do have a rugby team, but they have about 4,000 people living in the capital. Okay. Oh, wow. So, like, that's how small and how rural it is. And um, I've only been out there like a handful of times, even me. But they have this um, area that's kind of called the, M- the Basque Amazon. Okay. The gorges of Cacueta, and you can go walk through it and walk through waterfalls, and it's really cool. And like nobody goes there, <laughs> so um, I really, I if you've been to Basque Country several times, it's not like a first trip thing unless mm. you are just kind of that kind of person that wants to be super off the beaten path. Sure. <laughs> um, but it's definitely worth like checking out in that whole French Basque area, especially like on the border on the Pyrenees side, like above mm-hmm. Navarra. I mean, it's incredible mountain feels very different and um, and isolated but in a good way great amazing uh, something you got that kind of like struck me just there is like um obviously we haven't really talked about the Basque language yet and uh mm. you know is is it still like kind of widely spoken have you have you picked up on any of it as well like have you <laughs> bye Fishkovat. <laughs> it's really it's yeah I mean a little bit you know I took it I took it um about a year of classes and got not far at all because it is one of the world's most difficult languages um, apart from being totally different from Spanish, having literally nothing in common. It's yeah, I thought that. I'd, I'd heard that it had absolutely nothing in common with it. Lots yeah. of like different letters and yeah, yeah. At the at first sight, like to an English eye, it's very striking because it's like a lot of T's, K's, X's. Yep. It's mm. like it just looks very like harsh. Um, but yeah, it's agglutinating. So they add, you know, like adjectives and modifiers to the end. So it's not even like un- grammatically similar. Um, but yeah, it's one of the oldest in the world. Nobody is 100% sure where it came from. And it's been continuously spoken in this tiny area, which is pretty incredible. Um, and so after experiencing like a lot of a political like turmoil in the 20th century um it really has come back like full force so i have two daughters and one of them is 13 and she's gone to basque school since she was two and a half so yeah so she speaks fluent basque and it's really like a priority for them so you you in this in the city centers like bilbao san sebastian you get a lot more spanish because people have to communicate yeah but um but go out to the countryside and everybody's speaking only basque in fact like sometimes I speak like more correct Spanish than a lot of the people out there, which yeah, is crazy. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah. That is really yeah. crazy. Wow. In those settings, yeah. then, do you push your daughter forward to sort of say, you speak Basque, so you give me the cue? Oh, yeah. No, she loves, I mean, she loves it. She feels, she feels Basque. But it is funny because one summer we went to live out in a village when she was only about four or five. And, you know, we go out to the village bar. There's only one bar for the first time. And everybody's like, who are these people? What are they doing here? And they were talking about us in Basque. And my little girl went up to them and she like, went like answered them and they were like ostia which is like <laughs> they're like oh my god you know they That's couldn't believe brilliant. <laughs> that this little blonde girl knew what they were saying so yeah Amazing. That's, That's really hilarious. cool. I mean, yeah. it, the language is is incredible, and I think like there's that you know it's part of that kind of um, you know fabric of like some older parts of Europe as well, like kind of like Cornwall and Wales and stuff mm, that has its own yeah. heritage, has its own language, and it's great to hear that it's still being spoken. But um, yeah, and taught as well, and taught, like, yeah, a new generation. So, Marty, we're going to we're going to move on to a quick fire round. Yes. So clear your clear your mind. I'm going to oh put God. you on the spot <laughs> um, and ask you if your favourite places. So I'll take the first one, yep. which is your favourite place in the Basque Country to eat. <laughs> okay, can I give two answers? Um, Antonio yes. Bar, Bar Antonio for pinchos is my favourite, and El Cano for a sit down meal. So, um, Bar Antonio is that in San Sebastian? That is in San Sebastian. Um, I, I don't tell that. I don't tell that many people about it. So I just ruined my secret. Oh no! But it's got like <laughs> I'm it's so sorry. A tiny. <laughs> it's a tiny bar. You would never go in there otherwise. And it just has amazing hot pinchos, amazing pinchos on the bar, um, stuff seasonal stuff that they make. You know, they cook depending on the month, and one of the best tortillas in town. Lovely, delicious. And then the sit-down place, where's that? El Cano is in a nearby village, Getaria. And it was kind of just like this, well, they pioneered like the whole grilling fish, whole fish. Like they were one of the first mm. people to do it back in the 50s. And now ah. the sun is at the helm of the restaurant and it's growing like actually a lot more popular recently. And so, um, but it's amazing. Like you go and it's really well known for its whole turbo and they'll, and they don't just throw the fish at you and you eat it no they like come by and they show you how to carve up the whole fish and they give you like the heart they give you like the these weird pieces of fish that you never even thought about eating but it's delicious oh wow that sounds amazing sounds really good okay you were totally allowed two places it's a very very foody place as well yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be you've written a whole book about it i think you can get away (laughs) with uh with having two two foody places okay so next up in the quickfire round uh so your favorite view of anywhere in the Basque Country? Oh my God. Okay. Maybe Mount Ulia in San Sebastian. Um, it's on the east side of the city and you just start climbing these stairs at the end of the buildings and you get out there and wow. within 10 minutes you're like out in Jurassic Park. It reminds me always of Jurassic Park. It's just beautiful and um, pristine and you can't believe that you just left the city like five minutes ago so that's probably my favorite and if you keep walking you end up in this really cute seaside village that has like some really good food as well so that's a bonus great oh, <laughs> definite bonus definitely worth it for sure <laughs> and then next up is your favorite day activity 
Okay, well, maybe my favorite day activity might be going just to a village. For example, the one that I mentioned earlier, Getaria. Um, take the car in the morning, get to the village, have like a little drink to fortify your, yourself, like a vermouth and a pincho. And then I like to walk around the port. If it's sunny, I'll go to the beach. But if not, I'll go to like the anchovy um, kind of factory they have. And you can see the women cleaning them. And then I'll stock up my pantry with like the world's best anchovies. <laughs> And then have lunch, have lunch there. And they also have, this is sort of like Chacolí country, which is the fizzy Basque white wine. And so maybe you can go visit like a Chacolí bodega or they also have a museum to Balenciaga who was born in the same village. Ah. So you can go to that museum, which has really cool rotating exhibits of his clothing and just like a tiny village. And you're like, wait, why is everything here amazing? I'm just imagining (laughs) this is your like everyday Marty here. And that's (laughs) quite amazing. Just, uh, just you know, go and stock up on <laughs> your anchovies and then have is. some sparkling wine. It sounds, it sounds like a really hard life. It sounds, sounds really tricky. <laughs> um, awesome. Amazing, amazing. Brilliant, brilliant response. And uh, finally, in the quick fire round, um, and, you know, similar theme, maybe I'll allow two answers. I don't know. Your favorite uh, drink? Oh, my God. You have to give me two answers on this yeah, one. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, go for yeah. it. Why not? Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so for from 11 o'clock in the morning on, it's vermouth. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, yes. Not before 11. Which, after 11. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Usually not before 11. Um, <laughs> usually. <laughs> it's much this like much maligned drink that I did not know about mm. until I moved to Spain. And I just saw like everybody drinking this like red thing. And I was like, what is everybody drinking? And it's sweet vermouth. So it's not like the kind that you use for a martini yeah. it's and it's just delicious i know it's well more well known now but it's um it's like herbs bitter and you just the spanish people the best people drink it over ice with like an, an olive and a slice of orange and it is just the best drink it's like sweet delicious but you know also kind of you know hits the spot if you're looking to like relax a little bit, I guess. And yeah, I love it so much. And then also one drink that I've embraced a lot living in Basque Country is the gin and tonic, um, which, you know, the Spanish style gin tonic, which is like a fish bowl and with premium ice cubes that don't melt and like beautiful, like real sugar tonic, none of the corn syrup tonic that we have over here. Um, And then like, uh, you know, hundreds of gins because Spain is one of the world's top consumers and producers of gin yeah brilliant i'll join you for both of those please they both sound wonderful i know i should dig my cider tonight (laughs) for for context listener marty's just let the veils like slip there and she's actually in birmingham alabama right now (laughs) yeah 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 i'm from you know from alabama sitting here in my childhood home and you know thinking about the gin and tonic that i'll drink in a couple days when i go back yes yeah yeah yeah, exactly definitely definitely something to dream about And, and is there a particular place where you go to drink that gin and tonic is there is there a favorite bar potentially yeah well yeah the gin toneria which is you know like the gin tonnery <laughs> is actually mm. right near my house in san sebastian right in the center of gross and it makes the best gin tonics it's opened by this passionate barman with a lot of training and he has like over a hundred different gins and they just do everything incredible they'll like if you want them to they'll infuse your gin tonic with dry ice and like different ingredients wow. according to which gin you have and the notes that you want to pronounce yeah. so really really cool place amazing amazing sounds awesome sounds sounds brilliant and well done on surviving um, a very light quick fire round we need to get a bit um, a bit tougher on it lucy but but yeah. i mean i think it was worth it it was totally worth it 
Whether you want to trek the dramatic peaks of the Picos de Europa, appreciate contemporary art at the Museo Guggenheim, or hop from bar to bar in the side streets of San Sebastian, DKR Witness, Northern Spain, make sure you experience all that the region has to offer. Get your copy from all good booksellers or via the link in our episode bio. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So, Marty, um, uh, how has the Basque Country changed in recent times in the last couple of years? Obviously, it, you know, tourism has been a little bit different. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy because I so I've been there for 11 years. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first moved there, there's a river that separates my neighborhood from the old town. Mm. Um, it's nothing. I mean, I say a river. It's like a tiny, tiny like river with a bridge every couple blocks. And I remember when I first moved there, nobody, nobody came over to my side of town, my side of town and um, nobody. And then You know, I remember about four or five years in, finally tourists started coming over. And now Mm. Gross, my neighborhood is like, you know, one of the more touristy neighborhoods. And, you know, it's just been a tourism boom, really, because Basque Country for a long time, you know, had like a lot of turmoil going on politically. Mm. Um, And so people avoided it and especially, Mm. you know, national tourism as well. But, yeah, that changed peace. Uh, There was a ceasefire with the situation there. And it's been a boom for sure. And Mm. it's, you know, people along with like the fact that food is now like a reason people travel. So it's become this sort of like really desirable destination. The only thing keeping us safe is the fact that it rains like 220 days a year. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only thing keeping out the British people. There was was always going to be a catch, wasn't there? (laughs) Yeah, that's, you know, it's like it's like the worst part about living there is definitely the weather. But it's also what has stopped it from becoming... Barcelona or uh, yeah. Marbella or whatever. So. And I'm guessing those rains are just essential as well for all the amazing food. Surely they go hand yes. in hand. All the produce, well, yeah. Lucy, that is what the best people say. Every time <laughs> I complain, I <laughs> every time I complain, they're like, why do you think it's so green? I'm like, listen, yeah. I'm from a place where it rains, a, it rains, but it rains a lot in a short amount of time. Whereas yeah. there, it's very much like the England, I imagine, in like Seattle yeah. vibes where it's just like drizzle, 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 your yeah. whole life away yeah i I was gonna say it's far it's far too you know it's not too geographically that far away from the uk so nice to hear we're not the only ones Um, (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah and how is like kind of um uh you know, obviously the kind of secret of uh, San Sebastian and the Basque Country was like kind of dropping for a couple of years. And as you say, I think like people have 
started to you know travel with their with their stomachs and things like mm. that in a way um and have you seen like a kind of boom in the amount of restaurants as well have uh, you know has has there been more kind of options have have people have big chefs come in and stuff like that as well mm, you know it's still like a sort of a closed off area as far as like people coming in and starting businesses mm. um san sebastian is like a really difficult place to gauge as a restaurant owner as to what's going to work and what's not going to work because the people that actually live there are so traditional and Mm, so um there have been you know there's a younger guard of chefs coming up definitely you've seen a lot of like changes in the old part um like you know when a family retires maybe the children nowadays don't want to dedicate their lives to making pinchos life the world is different people have careers and so you've seen like a lot of turnover in the old part and so the number of like family-owned pincho bars has has gone down a little bit and but the food you know I still say like the average level of food is just so high in the Basque country in part because even like the most normal pincho bar the chef has probably done his internship in like a three-star restaurant just because or a two-star restaurant because there's so many of them and that's where you go to learn so like the medium average level is like super high but um, that said there is like a sort of shift and like you're seeing a little bit more global food um, show up but, you know, the Basque people are still very dedicated to their traditions and there's still plenty of places to get great traditional food. Amazing. Great. Cool. And then sort of moving, unfortunately, a little bit more towards more recent times, how about kind of COVID? COVID how has that sort of impacted the Basque country? Well, yeah. I mean, apart from the fact that Spain was one of the first countries hit after Italy, which yeah, made us, yeah, you know, at the forefront of this like unknown virus back in March 2020. But, you know, it's really sad. So I'm working on my second book, which is a book about pinchos. And it's going to be really great. great. I've been, cool. you know, doing tons of interviews because it's a topic that really has like no literature about it because it's such a recent kind of phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been working on this book throughout the pandemic and if you think about it pinchos are probably like the least pandemic friendly food that's ever existed (laughs) that's very true yes so like this business model where you're crammed into a bar with 200 other people and you're breathing and coughing on the food had to totally like reinvent itself with the pandemic and so we've seen yeah we've seen a lot of changes um like they've put up every bar now has like glass covering the pinchos and you during the really difficult times of the pandemic you know people had to like wait in line outside the bar and they only allowed uh, people to sit at tables I you know at that point I like stopped going to that the old part because it was just like you couldn't get the food but it wasn't the same experience um, yeah this Mm. summer was like a little looser and like you could see that maybe one day we'll go back to that that style but you know i don't know it'll be it'll be a long time before it'll it's like it was before because that was just you look back and you're like how did we do that i know (laughs) that was so germy yeah Yeah, (laughs) because well like part of the experience really is that kind of closeness isn't it and like kind of like cramming into the food few times i've had pinchos in my life it's been like kind of going into you know what is ultimately the size of like a corner shop or something like that totally uh, um and yeah it's it's maybe not the most pandemic friendly thing to do but fingers crossed we'll kind of get back to a sense of normality pretty soon 
Yeah, I have I have a lot of hope and you know I think everybody knows what Pincho should be and appreciates it like the people running these businesses and so I think as soon as possible like po- little by little we'll get closer to that pre-pandemic eating yeah. style. Yeah, yeah, fingers crossed for sure. And uh just wanted to pick up as well. What a horrible job to have to write a book about Pinchos. That that must be really <laughs> life is <tough>. never <laughs> Oh my god. You guys see like the glamorous side. It really is. It's, <laughs> writing a cookbook is such a difficult job because it's yeah. you know you go to the pizza sure. bar and they they won't want to give you or yes. they won't even have like a recipe and so they'll mm, tell you how mm. to do it so I take the you know this oral tradition back home and try to convert it to cups and milliliters and all that and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. oven times and so yeah it's it's quite the adventure but this book will have like 75 of the most famous pinchos and also like stories of the bars that oh, they lovely. are known from and so it's I think it's going to be like a real treasure because this stuff this hasn't been written down really so I'm excited well it sounds wonderful so sort of assuming that we'll kind of like be getting back to more normal times and stuff uh, when would be the best time to visit uh, the best country that's a really good question and one that not that many people ask but there mm. definitely is like there definitely is a great time to come. My favorite time of year to come is September because that's time when, like, the summer crowds have sort of waned away. The weather is almost always great in September. It's, like, yeah. one of the few months that you can count on, and it's still fairly warm, beach time. And also in San Sebastian, there is a big film festival, one of Europe's biggest after Cannes and the other more famous ones. So it's, like, the city is just, like, alive and buzzing, mm. and there's a red carpet out right in the center. And that's probably probably one of my favorite times otherwise the summer is great um more people but beach time and you know more sunshine yeah Yeah, less rain i imagine yes (laughs) (laughs) for those for those who don't care about the rain usually january 20 january 20th is san sebastian day and that is just like a crazy experience if you've never been it's celebrated by drumming like we walk through the streets in little groups and we drum for 24 hours straight and so it's like wow. the craziest party yeah it's really cool so you've got all that to look forward to in in, in just a few days i'm yes. guessing yeah. like when once you get yeah. back i don't know i think this year we're celebrating on a small scale unofficial yes. so yeah. fair enough yeah. yes yeah. yes <laughs> of course. so you've got so you've got the film festival and you've got san sebastian day are there any other kind of events that to mark the calendar that you would recommend for listeners yeah, yeah. Um, in July, there's a jazz fest that is really, really cool. Um, it's It's got like a couple big uh, stages set up on the beach and the free concerts, usually with some bigger names. So that is like one of our favorite times of year for sure. And then in December, uh, on December 20th, we celebrate Santo Tomas, which is a celebration of when the people from the rural areas used to come into town to pay their landlords once a year. And they would take advantage of the time to bring like all their extra sausages and chickens and whatever and sell them yeah and so everybody still dresses up in like the rural traditional costume and eats we eat like the kind of sausages and stuff that they would have brought in and there's music and there's like a big pig that is like the biggest pig in Basque country of the year on display so just (laughs) like a lot of kind of funny quirky things how big does this pig get (laughs) Um, I think like last year it was like uh, almost 500 kilos oh wow that's a big pig. Yeah. That is a yeah. huge pig. <laughs> so, and yeah. 
What a way to end a podcast by talking about a giant pig. That's, uh, <laughs> I don't think we've done that before, have we? Um, so, but that was fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for oh, kind of you, like in- introducing us to the, the Basque country, Marty. I think, you you know, you've done it with your book as well. And it's great to have you on the podcast to um, talk about all things, all things Basque country. And um, really, really looking forward to the Pinchos book as well. That's definitely one to be looking out for. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. I had a great time talking with you guys. Thank you so much. So a huge thank you once again to Marty. Um, that was really, really brilliant. Um, I mean, yeah, uh, it's one of our most evocative episodes, I would say. For Lisa. sure, for sure. Yeah. And just Marty's passion for everything, the Basque country, in the cities, but then in the more rural sides. Um, that was just wonderful. And I just, I know I say this every time, but I'm really desperate to go. <laughs> Truly and, desperate. To I know, go. I know. Me too. More, more desperate now than ever. This podcast yeah. is awful for just like wanting making me want to go to places but um but yeah if you uh want to follow up with like marty's activities you can follow her on instagram at marty buckley so that's m-a-r-t-i buckley where you'll find i'm sure you'll find lots of like enviable uh food dishes and pinchos and so on and if you want to get a copy of her book as well it's called basque country a culinary journey for a food lover's paradise so that is out now and look out for that pinchos book as well i think uh, i said me will be um yeah so uh where are we going next time lucy so next episode we are going to toronto james Ah, which will be really cool and we'll be joined by writer sarjay elder so really looking forward to that episode that'll be fantastic i mean really cool like you know canada's kind of commercial capital but a really cool city in and of itself um you know lots of kind of culture and stuff as well yeah it'll Um, be brilliant i'm looking forward to it yeah and uh you know, in the meantime, I think Lucy's off to have a cider. For sure. Am I right? Uh, yes, definitely. I'm off, to, I'm off to have a remove or a G&T. So, yes, excellent. Um, and well, cheers we, to that. We hope Marty <laughs> is drinking something. Vermouth, <laughs> 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 hopefully. Vermouth, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fingers crossed. But, um, but yeah, and uh, thank you, listener, for joining us. You know, your support means everything. And um, uh, we're so grateful for you to spend the time with us and, you know, go exploring. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's goodbye from me. And bye from me. And we shall see you very soon. Where to Go was produced by the team at DK Witness and the wonderful Julia Baker. It was presented by James Atkinson and Lucy Richards and mastered by Johnny Coddington at Bottle Rocket Recording. For more information about DK Witness, follow us on social media at DK Eyewitness or visit dk.com forward slash eyewitness. And don't forget to please like, rate, review and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Your support means so much to us. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.